Thank you for tuning into the podcast, everyone. I'm really excited for this episode because we have Hattie on the podcast. And Hattie has actually been tuning into the Pop That Mama podcast. So this is really, really special to have her on to share her birth story. But Hattie, over to you to say hi and introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm Hattie. I'm a first time mum to baby Marley, who is coming up eight months old. Um, and I'm super, super excited to be on this podcast uh, for two reasons, really. Um, first one being that when I was pregnant, listening to birth stories uh, completely like, opened my mind to what's out there. So as I first became pregnant, I was a little bit nervous uh, about giving actually giving birth. But when I started listening to other people's experiences, I was just amazed how a lot of them were so calm and collected at the end when they were about to give birth, when I thought that's the most scariest part. I set out and I researched where I can find positive birth stories. And I came across uh, your podcast, Poppy, which I absolutely loved. Um, I'd put it on when I was in the bath. Um, and I think it was your podcast that I first found where it said something like, you were born to give birth. And that to me just, I really like, put it into perspective and I thought wow like yes we are we're born to give birth and from then I just went off and found my own like research um to find more people that thought the same um second reason why I'm really happy to be on here and to share my story is because I was considered um my pregnancy was considered really high risk and so I was born with a condition um, that affects my leg uh, but it's quite rare and this just sent the doctors into massive panic mode um, and because they didn't know much about it they were giving me um, blood thinning injections to inject myself every day they were putting me on a four-hour oxytocin drip after I gave birth that was what they planned I was having consultant appointments almost every other week they told me no water birth and I'd have to go into hospital really early and in the end I had the complete opposite to that really I had uh, the most beautiful water birth surrounded by twinkling lights in a midwife-led unit um, I labored for four, uh, 17 hours at home and I said no to the drip afterwards the midwife kind of said you can say no. So I did. And it was the best decision I made. Um, so I'm hoping it will help people feel empowered to actually say no to and take control of their own birth. Yeah, it's that thing, high risk, you know, even just that, that wording, that language is going to send you into overdrive. I really think that word should be changed. Um, but wow, okay, this I'm already gripped. So why don't you just go on and tell us uh, your story, how the birth unfolded? Start wherever you wherever you want. Okay, so it was a hot summer evening when everything started kicking off and I started going into labour. But that day I had completely worked myself up. Um, I'd gone to a midwife appointment and it's the only time in my whole pregnancy that I had high blood pressure and I sort of felt panicked and it was because I was going to, to the midwife to tell them that I did not want to be induced because I knew they were going to book me in for an induction and I felt like I was I was like gearing myself up to go 
like for a battle with them, which is crazy when that's the last thing you need when you're heavily pregnant. I was 41 weeks and they had already offered me um, two sweeps by then. And me and my husband, Charlie, just agreed no, um, no induction. The baby will come when it's ready. The baby will come naturally. And we were happy to go to maybe even 43 weeks um, and happy to be sort of monitored as well. We would just would go with whatever they suggested, but we knew that we didn't want to be in, induced. Um, so I attended the midwife appointment and luckily I had a really lovely one who sort of said, absolutely, it's your body. You can um, you can you can do that, which. I didn't really know. I just sort of said, I'm going to go in and say, no, I don't want to be induced when actually I didn't know I could just turn around and say, no, I was just trying to almost just try and win that battle myself. But she was lovely. Um, she said I'd have to be monitored from 42 weeks every day and go to the hospital where I was going to give birth. And I said, that's fine. Um, I ended up going to my sister's after the appointment and she um, was actually due two days before me with her fourth baby and she didn't have such a lovely midwife and almost like an old fashioned one, I'd say, um, who actually just started reading a big list of all the risks that she was putting herself and her baby under and my sister again didn't want to be induced because she'd been induced for her first baby and it it went it wasn't what she wanted she had intervention after intervention and it did actually affect her sort of she feels it affects her bonding with her first baby um at the start and but she was in tears when she went to see her midwife and they just kept listing all the risks that she's putting her baby under so so the placenta might fail yeah stillborn another one and she so she wasn't as lucky as me but anyway we said look we're going to get these babies out before we have to be before they come and at us again with these threats <laughs> um and we went for a big long walk around her village uh, doing big like strides lunges um and anyway I left her and said like hope it comes because she was planning she thought she was actually due before me like a few like a couple of weeks she thought that they'd overestimated how far she was so I left her and I went home and I had like lots of candlelight I watched some friends on tv because trying to release the oxytocin I had a bath with Clary Sage uh, we tried all like the um old wife's tales the pineapple on the barbecue and the um curry spicy food stuff like that all all week but yeah, so I had my bath and then I about eight o'clock I went to bed and I just wanted to listen to more podcasts. I read a couple of stories of um, people's births and it got to about like half past ten. And I just saw somebody in their birth story said that they had pictured breastfeeding their baby and it kind of like triggered things off so I thought I'm going to give that a go so I was on my own I lay in my bed I lay on my side and I sort of imaged feeding my baby and it was almost pretty much straight away I started to feel like dull period pains 
So wow. I... <laughs> oh my god, that's incredible. That just shows you that the oxytocin was flowing in that moment, right? Yeah, absolutely. And wow. my husband came to bed and I said, I feel like this could be it. I feel like um something's it could be tonight. And it was boiling hot in our bedroom. I was so hot. So he said, let's go outside um in and it was like dark and um I could just hear the our pond like like trickling with the water and again it was just these these pain almost like dull sort of almost like pain aches sort of things like very small compared to a contraction but they were sort of coming and going and my husband Charlie looked at me and he said what are you doing and as I I looked down I was like swaying from side to side I had I didn't even know I was doing it but my body was like taking over it felt and I was just started swaying and I said I don't know but it, it feels right to do it so anyway the um uh the pain sort of weared off and I said right let's get to sleep because we it's like late it's about midnight I was like we need to get sleep if, if this is going to happen we need to ha- I need to have my energy and so we, we turned off the light and as soon as the light switch went off I it was like a almost like a little gush and it was almost like a pop and my waters had gone so I quickly jumped out of bed Charlie ran out the bedroom to go get a towel I don't that was his instinct I don't, I was, I don't know why you need a towel I was like, I just walked to the bathroom and I sort of sat on the loo and he came back with this towel I, I don't I don't know what he was thinking but um him that was what you needed to do I think it's like that old if the baby there's a baby coming grab all the towels um (laughs) um, so I was like right Charlie low lights low lights because I'd read a lot about that helps oxytocin flow as well helps the uh, labor a bit quicker so he lit all these candles in our bathroom and he put on some music and sort of like meditation music and he ran me a bath and and it that helped quite quite um it helped a bit the bath but as the because I started having contractions pretty much straight away quite strong ones what I thought at the time um coming going about every 10 minutes um so I got in the bath because I thought that would help and it did for a little while and then they started to get a bit stronger and I felt my body needed to be more upright rather than sitting in a bath. I couldn't get up. I kind of needed to be like either on my knees or I needed to be sat up more straight. So um, I went and sat on the bed for a little while. Um, bear in mind, it was absolutely boiling that day and Charlie was sweating. Um, he had to, every contraction I had, he r- ran up the stairs and sort of rubbed my lower back and then he'd run back down the stairs because he was it was too hot upstairs, which probably made him hotter in the end. But every contraction, I'd shout, Charlie, Charlie, it's coming. And then he'd come and it just the power of the touch was just lifesaver. It was so almost like healing. It just helped me um, control each contraction a lot better. So after a little while, we I thought maybe I should try going in the shower because I'd heard on your, one of your podcasts, Poppy, you said that the bath didn't quite work for you so you tried a shower and that helped you so I kind of got the hot um, shower as hot as it could get and I put on my lower back and I had a contraction standing up and 
that just completely wasn't for me. It just was so much more intense being stood up. It was like my, it wasn't quite right for me. So I came and even tried to lie on the bed again. If I was lay down, it was like agony. I had to be sat up, bolt upright. And so I just went with that. That's what my body wanted. That's what obviously Marley needed to get right down. And I did, we did that for um, about five hours at home. Just um, Charlie running upstairs, me um, sort of breathing the contraction away. And it was, although it was, it was new to us, it was so exciting. We were both just like beaming with excitement the whole time. And the contraction started coming a bit quicker. So every sort of four minutes. So I, rang the midwife and they obviously listened to you how you're having them on the phone and they said yeah it sounds like you need to maybe come in and just be assessed so we headed in and the journey from going from our house to the hospital was about 20 20 minutes normally but because we were I live in England but we were having the baby in just across the border in Wales you have to go over two bridges to get there and they were shut because it was the time of night because they were doing roadworks. So we ended up going around all this cross country way to get there. So it took a, a lot longer and being having to be upright in the car was not ideal either. So I was like clinging onto the handle, you know, you have on your, your car roof um, on the ceiling on the inside. And every time Charlie would be driving and trying to rub my back at the same time so it was that was yeah that was probably one of the worst bits of it just the car journey and we got to the hospital and Charlie said right I'll drop you off at the door and I said you're not going anywhere you're not leaving me I like I felt so safe being with him I didn't want him to go anywhere so he said well I'm going to park the car over there are you coming and then walking so I said okay, I'll come with you to the car park and then walk there, which wasn't too far. But every bench I saw, I had to sit on because there was a contraction coming. So as I got through to outside the hospital, sat on one of those benches. As I got through the doors, sat on one of those cafe benches that they have. Um, I travelled through the hospital the maternity unit is upstairs at the back of the hospital. I'm not sure who designed who designed that one, but it um it was a bit of a mission getting through. Um, I ended up sitting on a gurney at one point to have a contraction, and then I got to the assessment unit and been told that Charlie would wait outside, which I kind of knew because of COVID restrictions I'd had all the way through all my appointments. So he wasn't allowed in. Um, and they kind of said, right, sit there, which I sat next to about four girls who were going in to be induced at 7am. And it's just, they sort of said, sit there. So whilst these um, women were chatting, I was having contractions. And then they said, right, come in and sit on that bed and the midwife will be with you in a minute. So again, I was still having contractions. I think they even weighed me before I even sat down. I mean, I was in the middle of labour and and they they weighed me. (laughs) And I think they had, yeah, they handed me a cup and said, do a wee sample as well. And I just remember thinking, this is so, 
this is a, not a calming environment. This is this is really hostile, and I, I had that urge. Like I need, I think I need to go. Like I don't need to be here right now. It's not quite ready. My baby's not coming just yet to be here. Anyway, I had a midwife come through to me. I was surrounded by these blue um, folded curtains um, in this bay, and there was women outside just chatting, saying, "Oh, not long now. When? What time are you getting induced?" and and I just remember thinking, I feel like there should be a separate area for women that are being induced and women that are in labor because you're so vulnerable when you're in labor. And I was on my own and I just felt like I was also scaring them as well with my contractions because I was obviously um, like using sound and, and um, breath and they knew I was distressed. So it kind of put them on edge as well. Anyway, this midwife came in and she felt my tummy and said to me, your baby's breech. So I all, all of a sudden just like panicked and thought, oh, no, I'm going to have to have a cesarean. That's not what I wanted. Um, and she said, well, uh, let me go get the scanner and I'll come back and I'll scan you just to check. Because when I felt my belly, it his I think it was his bum it did always feel quite hard and she thought that was um a head but he's been head down for really early on so I was guessing that he I couldn't have rota rotated so late but I mean they do anyway so that really panicked me um then she came back and said oh actually when I assess you I'll be able to feel if his head's there so I said right okay and I'd in my head had said I only want to really be assessed like examined um maybe twice less is more really like less is better for me and also because if my waters had gone surely I'd be more risk of infection which um they were then keen to say afterwards that I'd need to be in, in, induced because my waters are gone and I'd be at risk of infection but yet they don't mind assessing you with their hand quite frequently which I don't understand that but um anyway so she went she did assess me and she said I'm not sure if you're, your head the head is down you're not breech the baby's not breech so I was like right okay thank god and then she then said I'm not sure if your waters have gone so I said right she said could you lie on your back for 20 minutes so, the, so if they have gone the water will pull and bearing in mind I had to be up bolt upright I just said I don't think I can do that, but I can try if that's what you need to do. Um, and she said, oh, let me take the pad from you and I'll go ask somebody else. And she came back and said, no, they have gone. So I was like, who is this woman? <laughs> who are you? Like, I was like getting really agitated. Um, and then I didn't see her again. So I, I don't know if she swapped shift or something. Um, but I had another, my consultant then came in and even though I'd seen this consultant must've been like six, seven times. Cause I used to see different ones. Um, she still didn't know. She didn't, didn't recognize me and she didn't know what my condition was. So asked me why my leg looked like that. Um, so I have something called KTS, which is like excess varicose veins and almost like a motley color port wine stain. Um, and it can just affect pregnancy as in it can swell a bit more. It has excess fluid, excess blood in it, and also risk of blood clots. 
So she, the consultant actually asked me, why have I got excess varicose veins? And I, I just thought this is crazy. I'm a teacher and I wouldn't go into like a lesson not prepared or like not knowing what the children sort of are capable of or not knowing anything about the children. I wouldn't go and teach a lesson. Why has she come into the cubicle not knowing anything about me and my condition when she's there to help? So she said, you need to be induced because your waters have gone. So we'll give you 12 hours from now and come back in like the middle of the night. So the midwife said, no, 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 we don't do that. We don't induce in the middle of the night. Go home, um, relax, um, labor at home. You'll be fine. Um, do everything that makes you feel good and then come back when, you, when you're when you ready. So I I was like, right, okay. I, I think I trust that one. I think I trust that midwife. She sounds realistic. So I pressed the button when they'd left to say I wanted to leave. And there was that nobody came so I was getting more and more sort of um high rates and and my contractions had just sort of gone to nothing really they were about eight minutes apart and I just thought this is not doing any good being in this environment and all of a sudden I just my voice just took over and I'm not someone like to be rude and I just shouted out I want to go home and I just I didn't know what I I've never would normally do that but I knew I had to be out of that situation a lady came to the curtain pulled her head around and said are you okay and I said I need to go get me out and oh my god and, uh, and I just walked go you. <laughs> yes oh, it wow. was I'd never normally do anything like that so I just thought this isn't right for me and my baby I have to go it was like must have been like a mother in- yeah. instinct or something these people are not protecting the space yeah yeah it's completely felt like that and that's the only time I felt like that in hospital because when I went back it was a whole different story and I felt really safe so I'd say maybe if they could change their assessment um situation or maybe I shouldn't have gone in to be assessed but at the time when it's your first baby you just don't know what's right and Charlie was like you're contractions coming every three minutes we need to go and I I just went I I I thought looking back maybe I wouldn't go so quick yeah so as soon as I got out the doors and saw Charlie's face I had a contraction straight away and I continued (laughs) to have them yeah (laughs) and I continued to have them walking out of the hospital which felt so strange like I'm having contractions every sort of few minutes and I'm going the other way but they did settle down when I got into the car because I think again it wasn't I wasn't feeling safe in the car because it wasn't a nice environment when because I wasn't in an ideal position and anyway we went home Charlie made me like this big throne on the sofa so I could be upright and comfortable um and he used like my pregnancy pillow and other cushions that we had. And my like cat came and sat by me and we ended up watching some like um, Disney film and just really trying to like keep calm. And um, my sister ended up coming over and she said, look, you've been sat down for a while now. Have something to eat, but ha- maybe have a sleep if you can. But you need to get up and get walking if you want this baby to come. 
So I was like, she's on a fourth. Maybe she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> so I, um, we said, right, at 3 p.m., we'll get up and we'll start walking around the garden. And so we managed to have a little sleep. So Charlie had a little snooze on the armchair and I slept in between contractions because we were shattered. We hadn't slept for like 30 hours. And uh, at, we did at, at I think it was half past three, four, we got up and we went for little walks around our garden, which is our garden small anyway. And I'd get halfway round and quickly say, I need to go back in and have a, and I'd have a contraction. And as soon as I stood up again, I was having another contraction. So they were coming thick and fast. And I just thought, right, we need to ring the midwife now. Um, and they listened to me on the phone and they basically said to Charlie, uh, if she's having the baby on the way in, you need to stop and call the ambulance because it sounds like it's coming very soon. Whoa. So we were like, let's get in the car. Uh, I kind of um, refused to get in the car because I thought the baby was coming then because it, they were coming like every minute. And I got one leg in the car, sort of sat down a little bit and, and Charlie said, shut the door. And I said, I can't shut the door. And he ran round and sort of like, almost like bumped me into the car and shut the door. And it was, I was like, I can't, I can't because to me, I wanted to stay at home and that's been my safe place. And I think the baby probably would have come a lot quicker if I had stayed at home. Um, so anyway, we got in the car and our, the road outside our house was being resurfaced. So it was all blocked off. Uh, Charlie crept the car towards the man who, with like the cones blocking the road and said, and the guy was talking and Charlie was going, we need to get through, we need to get through, we need to get through. And this man was still talking to someone so Charlie stuck his head out the window and said my wife's in labor let us through anyway this guy quickly was like oh okay and so he grabbed the cones and like pushed them out of the way and the, uh, we had the windows undone and as he as he um as we drove past he shouted good luck so, as we turned onto the main road um and I was thinking this is just going to be one of many like obstacles on the way there and wasn't wrong we ended up turning up to um the next village where and the train tracks uh the train line there was a train coming and we stopped outside this like pub with all these like men who had finished work with their big pints and I was stuck my head out the window holding onto the handle and was like breathing out this contraction through the window and we were just and as I sort of stopped my contraction and noticed these men all staring at me I was thinking crikey what have they just witnessed <laughs> I, I, they were probably a bit shocked thinking what is going on I mean she's either in labor or she's being sort of kidnapped or something <laughs> hanging out the window but um yeah the it was rush hour by this time and uh, the bridges were open this time, but um, they're like lovely scenic bridges. So everybody slows down to look at the lovely views. So we were stuck in that traffic for a while. Um, and then Charlie was followed all the way down the dual carriageway by an, a marked police car. And um, so he was like 
go scootling along at 69 or 69 miles per hour and it was just felt like a lifetime anyway we got to the main doors and Charlie dumped the car at the main doors because I said you're not going anywhere this time you're staying with me and he grabbed this wheelchair with like a dodgy wheel and it was just like hanging outside I don't know it's probably been dumped there for a reason but he grabbed it and he wheeled me all the way through the hospital um with this dodgy wheel like going from side to side like crashing into the sides of the of the uh, corridor and to get finally to the assessment uh, part of the maternity he sort of opened the doors and pushed me in like wheeled me into the down the corridor of the assessment and and sort of closed the doors again and I was, I was thinking what what are you doing <laughs> don't leave me but because he had in his head I'm not allowed in there this he didn't come in and anyway the, the midwife came back out and said no you need to take her she's having the baby you need to take her to the labor ward so he she like wheeled me back out and then he took over and dragged me again like through the wheel with the wheel um all the way to the labor ward where we had this amazing midwife who sort of ran the whole unit say look you're coming with me you do not need to be consultant led and I'm going to steal you is that okay <laughs> so I was like wow yes have me <laughs> um she was really stern at first and I think I kind of that made me relax a lot more because she I felt like she had control like she controlled like if anything was to go wrong she had control of it the situation um and I said she pushed me into this uh, room and I said there's no water tub there's no tub in here and she said oh do you want a water birth and I said yeah I, I'd love one I've been told I can't have one and I'd have to get out right at the end or something or I could labor in one for a bit but I'd have to get out and she said that's absolute nonsense you there's nothing wrong with your baby um your baby is not high risk you are you are um considered high risk but they don't actually know that they're just being over cautious so she said you can go with a consultant if you'd like but they will make you sit on a bed and they won't want to get their hands dirty like in a pool um so do you want to stick with me or and I can go speak to the consultant and see if they'll let you come with me Um, she said we'll have blood on standby we've got the drip ready if we need it so this drip that they wanted to give me was um, oxytocin. And it's like, I didn't know at the time till after I gave birth, but they told me it was going to be four hours of having this drip where I wouldn't be able to um, get up. I wouldn't be able to have a bath. Um, and it basically clamps the uterus so that it would stop any bleeding. Because they were anxious that I'd bleed out um, due to my condition. So she said, we've got that already. There's no reason why you don't you can't be here and you and there's no reason why you can't have a, a water birth because if we need to get you out the tub we will get you out the tub so don't worry um and she assessed me once and I think she said I was something like five centimeters or something and said uh right I'm gonna fill the tub up now we're gonna put the they put a cannula in my arm which again I think next time I'd probably say no because it. I had in this I couldn't get it wet but I was in a water I was like in a pool so it was it was really hard not I was concerned about that when actually I should have just been concerned about 
giving birth and with my baby instead I had this sort of thing in my arm and it also was affecting a little bit of the breastfeeding afterwards as well um so again something else I'd, I'd have the power now to say no to so I got in the tub and I said can I have a little bit of gas and air now because it's re- as soon as I got in the tub the contractions really sort of like ranked up and um I started having a gas and air they end oh just before I got in the tub they actually covid swabbed me you know that gave me a covid test which again I thought was really quite not like what you really need but um anyway apart from that she got me in the tub and it was like an instant relief being in the water being um sort of like taking my weight of the baby as well and I remember the contractions being a lot more intense when Marley was like wriggling inside of me and I think when I'm in the water I could feel that less so that helped a lot as well I had some of the gas and air and straight away I was like this isn't working the gas and air doesn't work I can still feel that all the pain and they said yeah it doesn't take the pain away it just helps you sort of deal with it a little bit better so it sort of knocks you out a little bit more so I used the the mask more as like a breathing tool and helped that helped me like sort of focus on each contraction and start breathing before the contraction really kicked in. So that was really helpful. So I just thought it'd be, I would have loved to have known that before I had gas and air, before like I had gas and air, that it doesn't actually take the pain away because I thought it would. <laughs> so I'm, I thought I'd share that just in case anybody did think it, did, it does take the pain away. It just helps with your breathing a lot more, I found. Um, anyway so I was in the tub for like four hours and I remember my sister telling me please like just remember to be like to open up like the whole time just 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 like be open so I ended up having these like uncontrollable sort of pushes and it was like almost when you're being sick and you're like heaving it was a bit like that but down like down there so I was like oh this is like maybe this is what she means like just let go sort of thing so every time I had those I'd sort of like make sure I did wasn't like tensing up and I sort of went with it and I got to um I think it was like half past nine at night now and um my the midwife that was with us at first she then had to go off shift so I had another midwife and she was lovely as well and I said there's a baby there's a baby between my legs I can feel there's it's coming out and so she got the mirror and had a look and she said no 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 there's nothing there I said no there is I said there isn't the whole time I'd been on my knees so I was thinking she can't see like obviously she can't see so I'm gonna have to flip over for her to see the baby coming out um so I was like right and I got myself ready and I was like right one two three and I flipped over my legs um so I was like on my bum with my legs like open and I was like there's a baby there and she was like oh yeah yes there is okay uh if you pull the cord Charlie then and we'll get another midwife in and 
this lovely midwife came in and she like filmed part of the birth. She took pictures. Um, if anybody was thinking of um, having, if they have the opportunity to have someone to take pictures or even a fair like video, absolutely do it because I look back at those all the time. Um, I absolutely love them. And I would have never thought to take pictures of, of that, but it's, they're magical and I love looking at them, even though, I'm pulling some right faces and and um it's not the best like it's a bit gory at times it's still it's lovely to see because you don't actually see all that when you're giving birth so she the lady um the midwife she sort of coached me and just sort of said right I'm gonna if you do two pushes I'll tell you when to do what if you do a push and then we'll see how you get on and then do another push and then and so on. So I did one push and his head sort of like came out and then I did another one and his body came out. So I did like two active pushes and um, he came out. But I think that's because the whole time I was having those uncontrollable pushes, I was sort of letting go and it really helped to push him slowly. Um, he was a huge baby. He was nine pounds seven. And Charlie said when he came out of the water and he just kept coming out, he said he couldn't believe how big he was. Um, and we had, I had him in my arms for a good like 40 minutes just in the pool. Um, and they were sort of keeping an eye on any sort of bleeding or anything. But I actually only bled 80 milliliters. So the midwife, the one that came in taking all the pictures said to me, do you want that drip? Because you're actually bleeding, like hardly anything. She, I said, oh, I, d- I don't know. And she said, you can say no. And I said, no, okay, then I'll say no. And she was like, okay, great. She was like, this means that maybe next time you could even have argue to have a home birth. And I just thought, it's taken me till after having my baby to realize I could have said no to that. <laughs> and at the time you're like, so hooked up with all the stuff they're saying, like, you need to do this. You need to do this. This is what we'll do. And then af- afterward, now I just know that you can say no. And I encourage anybody if they're not hundred percent certain to with what's happening with their plan, just question it and even say no actually that's not right for me and my baby because they're always going to be you know overly precautious but um wow what a story honestly I just feel like so honored to have spent this evening in my shed listening to your amazing birth story you told it amazingly well I felt like I was there sitting on all the benches with you going through the contractions (laughs) such an incredible story for so many reasons the way that you advocated for yourself your amazing birth partner Charlie and yeah thank you so much honestly that was amazing but I want to ask you questions now if that's okay Um, yeah absolutely so obviously I'm just thinking wow like you you managed the intensity and you seem to be flowing with those contractions so well 
what did you do to get yourself into that mindset where you were where you were able to let go in that way that you did and just surrender to the force and 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 labor for so long how how did you get in that mindset what did you do so i think i well, because of mainly because of COVID, I didn't actually attend any sort of prenatal classes or anything. And I'd heard a lot of people talking about using their breath. Um, I'd heard a lot about um, hypnobirthing and and sort of researched a little bit on that. But mainly what helped me was um, sort of Charlie coaching me through each contraction, sort of saying, right, breathe breathe and it and just like almost I used it like blowing it away so I would like use all my might to like push with my breath out and to me that just helped me control it there was a couple of times when I wasn't quite ready for it and I would just it would just get too much and I'd almost like almost squeal like in pain rather than um, have control but if I got ahead of it and started to focus on my breathing before it um, really peaked I felt like I could cope with it a lot better that is and... such a good tip that is such a good tip I actually remember the same feeling it's like almost like you need to get there before the contraction gets there you know it's like it's like it is it is like kind of like a battle scene where you're you know you got to make the first move in order to control not control but in order to kind of I guess surrender to it in a way and breathe through it or move through it but if you if it catches you off guard then I like the squeal I, I remember too it's it almost like you turn to into a more a scream sound rather than a kind of low instinctive sound yeah absolutely and it's kind of like when you do that you've kind of lost that little battle and it's kind of taking over you whereas if you re sort of center yourself and you get on top of it then it's a lot more manageable yeah. and I think it's I think you it was one of yours um what you said it's something like that you are meant to feel this pain it's like a good pain and I sort of had that in the back of my mind as well so what 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 I wanted to ask you is obviously your story is amazing for so many reasons but um I always like to know this this the answer to this question because everyone sort of says different things and I'm always so interested to know how birth actually affects people so um my question to you is do you feel that your experience your birth experience has had an a you know an, a, prof a profound effect on your life in any way or has it like I guess how did you feel after that and did those feelings continue to manifest into your life so completely when after I gave birth I literally wanted to shout from the rooftops about my experience and I was so like empowered by it and not many of my well I'm the first out of all my friends to have a baby and I would like tell them about it and they just although they're like happy for me they just think they don't quite get it like how how like exhilarated I feel that even though my plan if I had a plan would be to have the birth exactly what I had but because I went from having my doctor plan 
going from that to actually having what I wanted, it made it for me so much better because I achieved something that I never thought I would because I was meant to have this high risk birth and I ended up having this like very limited intervention birth and it went so well and I just yeah completely opened my eyes to a lot of things and that I've feel so sort of like I've achieved I've almost it feels like I've like climbed like the biggest mountain ever and I'm at the top like shouting about it and and anybody that's pregnant that comes on like my social media I'm always like messaging them like uh, contacting them like chatting to them and they must think like oh was this will have to just go away like let me let me get on with it but I'm just like so want them to have a positive experience like I've had no I totally know what you mean it's just like you so badly want it for everyone else because it's just indescribable um Wow. Oh my God. So amazing to have you on Hattie. And yeah, like amazing that you actually listen to the podcast as well. I'm flattered. (laughs) Sometimes I don't know who's listening, but um, (laughs) so good to have you on. Yeah. Tell Charlie he's amazing. I'm sure he's going to listen to this and thank you very, very much. It's been great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been lovely. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. What a wonderful woman, Hattie. Thank you so much. So if you would like to drop Hattie a message, please check the show notes because I've left her Instagram handle below. I'm sure she would love to hear from you. And as always, I'm on Instagram at popthatmama. I love to hear from you too. All right, have a lovely day. Hi guys, if you're still here, that is amazing. I'm just adding this announcement onto the end to let you guys know that my online hypnobirthing course Birthbox is now live. Go and check it out. I've put so much love into this. It's an immersive course that's split up into video and audio content. So really giving you a flexible learning experience. And the content is designed to help you feel better prepared, more informed and confident and excited for birth. So if you want to feel like that, then go and check it out. I've put everything into this, lots of love, lots of passion. And I really hope that you feel that as you work your way through the course. So uh, go and check it out in the link below and have a lovely day.